Sometimes you need to just stop and think about it because you you get caught up in the frustration of not being able to communicate the way you'd like to. Yep. And you forget. I know it's such a human thing. Like we all just want we want this like magic thing that's gonna mm. help us to speak the language the way we want. And it's right. it's not that's not how it works. Welcome to the podcast. Kristen. Hello. It's um, it's a pleasure to have you on. It's it's a pleasure to be here. I was really impressed with all of the amazing experts you brought on your podcast. I was like, this is really neat. <laughs> like, we need more of this, you know, people just chatting about languages and their experiences. So thank you for doing it. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, because, you know, I, I always talk about it. I want to reach as many people as possible to help them realize that there's, I was going to say there's another way to learn a language, but this is truly the way we all acquire our native languages, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Um, and I, I love, I like how we all have found our own way to it, you know, through our own unique experiences and, and it just makes sense. You know, it's like, yeah. 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 And I, I try to have, like different backgrounds on the podcast. I have some researchers like um, Benny Co. Mason or Bill Van Patten. And yeah. Teachers, learners. Like, I mean, we're all teachers, learners, even yeah. researchers to some extent, but some yeah. have more experience on it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. So just, yeah. First of all, tell us about yourself, especially when it comes to your experience with languages, both yeah. as a language learner, teacher whatever you think it's important. <laughs> okay, cool. So essentially, um, gosh, where do I begin? My mom spoke Spanish on and off with me at home mm. when I was little, but but it was more English than Spanish, I would say, because my dad spoke more English. <laughs> he understands Spanish a little bit, but anyway. So she ended up kind of like doing a, a weird little mix. So I had exposure from an early age mm. and but I did that weird thing, like, I don't know, if, I'm, I'm sure people do this in, in a variety of ways, but my way of being like, like, I want to be more like my dad. Um, when I got to fourth grade, I remember taking, there was this opportunity to take an early morning French class in elementary school. And the French teacher, um, I, I did that because my dad speaks a, a little bit more a little bit of French, I would say. He, I think now he, I don't know that he would say that, but um, he's getting old. He's like 82 now. So anyway, but he, um, I wanted to be like my dad. So I was like, I don't want to take Spanish. I want to take French. So I, my parents signed me up for this early morning class, but my mom, who I love and adore, she's just constantly, the, she was the one who had to get me to the class and she's perpetually late, like really, really late. So I was in this French class and I, and I liked it okay. But the French teacher was so um, dogmatic mm. and really strict and wanted you to get there on time. And I was always late because of my mom. And it was it was it created this stressful situation. And she would like yell at me when I would come in late. And and I remember thinking, like, I don't like French, you know, like and it really had nothing to do with the language. It was just like a perfect storm of, right. you know, ex like of 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 a. Uh, you know, mishaps that, that that brought me to a place where I was like, I don't want to do this. 
but I mean, now as an adult, I'm learning French and I'm loving it. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. um, but, I, but that, that, that first experience in a classroom, I think has really shaped who I am as a teacher mm. because I didn't want my students to feel shame. I didn't want them to feel like they were wrong or, or bad at languages. Um, and so I, I really, you know, so I bring that up just because it was, it was very formative for me yeah. as a teacher. And then as I continued, um, you know, through school, um, I finally started taking like, like had an opportunity to take language classes in, in school. Um, cause unfortunately here in the U S we don't have it in all elementary schools. Um, but I'm actually working to change that. So we'll see. <laughs> so yeah, little by little, but, um, essentially I, when I got to middle school, I started taking Spanish and because my mom had given me that, that foundation, uh -huh. it was just really easy for me. And uh, what, what, so, so, sorry to, to interrupt, is your mom a native speaker or just, no, oh, okay. no, she learned it in school. Like I did. Yeah. So okay. she, she, yeah, but she ended up, I mean, she got to a pretty high proficiency level and was able to travel her and my, she and my dad like traveled around South America for almost two years. Right. And yeah. And they, um, I don't know. Yeah. She's, she's, I don't know that she would call herself highly proficient now, but you know, she's pretty proficient. And, um, but again, because of that base that she gave me as a child, my classes, even though they were grammar based, you know, mm -hmm. memorization based, thematically based, um, I, I did pretty well because like the teachers only spoke in Spanish at a pretty fast pace and they weren't very good at like checking for comprehension. Um, but I was able to like kind of keep up with them. And so I just, it was something I just like kept doing, but the grammar based memorization style, you know, verb conjugation, I mean, <laughs> while as an adult, I love it now and I find it interesting. Um, as a child, like in middle school, um, I, I actually got caught cheating on a, <laughs> on a quiz because the, the, the pressure was so high yeah. that I felt the need to cheat, you know, like, and I got caught, I think it was on Valentine's day, um, <laughs> in eighth grade. And so I now teach middle school and I always tell the kids that I'm like, I got caught cheating. So <laughs> we're actually not going to have any quizzes and tests. And they're like, what, you know? And I'm like, I'm going to assess your understanding in other ways, but um, I'm not going to stress about, you know, whether you spell this word right or miss an accent mark or, right. you know, and they're like, it blows their mind a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, whether, sure you, whether you knew yourself or you just cheated on it, doesn't make any difference, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. In, in, in any of the cases, doesn't mean that you're actually able to communicate in the language. So. Totally, totally. So, yeah, so I think, again, for me, Spanish was just something I always kept coming back to. Um, and like when I was in school, like college later on, um, I ended up like I was in elementary education, getting my ed elementary ed degree. And I um, I was like, I miss Spanish. And so I, I started taking classes again and I, I liked it. And again, it was still very like, grammar memorization based mm. um and I ended up getting I ended up leaving the ed department because 
it was going to take me longer to get out of education because I'd been taking so many Spanish classes all along. And so I ended up leaving, you know, graduating with a degree in um, translation. Mm. And so, but again, that was, that was an interesting experience too. I don't, I'm sure you've seen this in your career. Like, like when I was getting my translation degree, they, there were, there were te- all my teachers were like, if you would translate something um, and it was like, not within their like one of my teachers was from Spain and he was like he was like that's wrong like but I remember like arguing with him because I was like I heard someone from Mexico say that you know like it's okay you know like I've heard it said you know I'm sure there were many times I was wrong of course um because I was still learning but I just that always fascinated me how like as a teacher that's been very formative for me too like to to recognize that like the way they say something in the Dominican Republic Mm. and versus the way they say something in Argentina versus Bolivia is like going to be very different and that's okay. Like, and none of it is right or wrong. And, um, that is something I've always tried to teach my students like that. Oh, okay. Like you're saying it a little differently than I would, but is it grammatically wrong? Like, no, you know, and I don't ever correct them. So mm-hmm. if, if I get what they're saying, we move on, you know, like, um, exactly. but anyway, yeah. yeah. Do you, you, I'm sure you have that in your, in your line of work. Yeah, too, what like, can I, say with, I have a lot of American students and sometimes they use an expression that I would never use because it's a Mexican Spanish or, or you know, they've, yeah. they've had contact with some Mexican friends or, or the, yeah. some um, series or whatever, but I yeah. perfectly understand what they mean, and and it's correct actually. And then yeah. you can get into uh, error correction, not yeah. working and stuff like that. But <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's funny. I was thinking about that when I I didn't watch your podcast, but I was thinking about that after I saw you did one on that, and I I remember really vividly like a friend of mine her mom she's from Peru and her mom used to be a Spanish teacher and she's this amazing woman that I look up to immensely right and um when I speak Spanish with her she'll correct me sometimes and there have been so many times that she'll correct me but I literally don't remember what she what she told me because not because I'm trying to be rude it's just like Mm -hmm. we're in a conversation she made a correction you know, and, and, but it doesn't like help me in the long term, you know? Absolutely. And I always, I always remember that as a teacher, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. like they're not going to remember. They're like, it's the likelihood that they will remember this one time mm-hmm. I corrected them is, is very, very small. Yeah, so, yeah. and the, the even funnier part is a lot of times they actually know that themselves already. Totally. They just can use it. In, in a real time conversation because that's yeah. the way it works in, in the yeah. brain. Right? So you tell them, no, that was wrong. And so if they stop to think about it, they actually know it themselves. They do, yeah. Just a different that's process. Right. <laughs> that's really so. true. Yeah. That is so true. And I and I know I know that with that's true for myself as a learner. Like I'm I'm if you if it if it's happening in real time and I'm questioning it just a little bit, mm. you know, it's you're, you're right. Like I'm, it's wrong, but it's like the, the, the person I'm conversing with gets it, you know, like, so it doesn't yeah, really yeah. matter. Of course. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, but um, yeah. So I think oh, big truck going by. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Right on. So yeah, I don't know. I think I feel like for me, those those experiences were the most formative for me as a teacher and just trying to make sure I am meeting the needs of my students and mm. um and making sure that they they feel confident and that they can do it. So yeah. Um and that's been my journey. But I right now I'm taking a class, I'm doing a French in Duolingo. Mm-hmm. And I get really mad sometimes with Duolingo. I'm like, we can do better, people. Like, because it's it's you know they make those error corrections, and you know, and I'm sure I'm wrong, right? Like, I'm learning a language. I mean, yeah, it, a lot of times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it takes so much of my brain power mm-hmm. to shift to get it right the next four or five times. Yeah that it's it's it it almost does it's not helpful it makes me self-conscious mm-hmm. as opposed to feeling empowered and capable yeah. um and so that's i i i'm doing it only because you know it's free and i and it reminds me to do it you know like and there's yeah. like a competition piece that i mm-hmm. like kind of like a little bit you know and yeah and but otherwise it's a pretty it's a pretty poorly designed program yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've seen, they have stories now. I, and, I mean, I, I know they do, but I haven't, yeah. but they only have it. They only have them in Spanish, French, because I, I was looking for them in German, but they don't yeah. have any yet. No, but I do like the stories. I will give them that. Those are. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll check them out, but yeah, story, yeah. it's always going to be more interesting and yeah, I was just thinking about error correction that, well, first of all, we talked about why it doesn't work, but yeah, I'm sure you felt it yourself. And I certainly have that when when you're trying to communicate in a foreign language and someone corrects you, even if subconsciously, you start, you, you become afraid of speaking because you, you're afraid of making mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can get into, you know, we're uh, into topics like, you know, caring about what other people think and stuff like that. But, man, you know, many times it's just automatic. Like, I, I felt it myself. Like, I'm, I'm communicating in a foreign language. I'm feeling good. Yeah. No one tries to correct me. And all of a sudden, even if I, even, like I said, even if on a subconscious level, I become more hesitant you know to just let it go and try to communicate yep so that's another side effect of it you know yeah it's so true yeah and i yeah i totally felt that within myself like you know it makes me yeah just more self-conscious and less likely to be in the yeah i try to tell people not to correct me (laughs) if i see that (laughs) yeah yeah that's good yeah yeah then when it comes to duolingo like you said I see a couple of things that make it a little, you know, a little bit more interesting than traditional classes. One being the, you know, the gamifying part of it. You know, like you're, like you said, there's some competition, or you're, you're getting through to the next level, just like yep. video games. So, you yep. know, it makes it a little bit more enjoyable, which is always good. 
And then there's also some context because there's some pictures, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. So there's a little bit more of context, but like you said, at the end of the day, it's based on the same idea of consciously learning a language. Yep. As opposed to just focusing on the story itself or the game yep. or whatever it is and subconsciously acquiring the language uh, as a result. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, totally. Like I, I, I listen to your podcast with Dr. Benico Mason mm. and she talks, of course, all about, you know, story listening. And I, I love that style. I, I, um, I know she has, I, I, I hope I'm doing it the way she wants, you know, um, she, she, um, there was one time I put a video online and it was like asking for her input, you know, kind of like, Hey, look, I did this thing. And she was like, no, you didn't do it. So, which is fine. Like I appreciate, I appreciated her input and, um, but I still really, I, and, I, and I still really value it as a, as a method of teaching because it's so, um, it's so relaxing. Like, you know, she was talking about, like, it's just so relaxing to listen to a story and just mm. to go with the flow, you know, and, 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 you know, follow the, the character or the plot or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's just so easy. So. Yeah, the, the, the thing with Duolingo, or even more so traditional classes is, I mean, in Duolingo, you get to the next level, or in a class, you learn a new role. So you feel like you're progressing. You, yep. you can fool yourself. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. so true. And the thing that's dangerous about that is they're, they're like constantly on Duolingo, they're constantly giving you input. Like, they'll be like, you today you are you know your uh your average is like a 96 or something mm -hmm. and you feel really successful but but you're really you have so much further to go that it's it's that 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 percentage isn't isn't something you can be feel proud about really i mean <laughs> I, I mean you should feel proud but it it's not it, yeah it's it's a, it's like a false pride like you were saying like it's yeah. like, we don't really know what that means in terms of your journey, right? Exactly. And the thing is, as opposed to listening to a story or playing a game or, or or watching a video in which you can't really measure how much you've improved on that yeah. specific resource, but we we know you are improving yeah. and that's what you need. Yeah. You can't measure it. So I, I understand there's some sort of uncertainty involved in it. But it, again, it's just the way we all acquire our native languages. Yeah. Yep. The thing is, when we're kids, we don't have the ability to consciously control the process as we adults do, right? Yeah, that's true. Which is yeah, important for us. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I think that's really important to remember when with kids. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, and, and it's funny. I had, um, I, you probably had this too, like, if you get people who are used to the Duolingo model or a traditional based classroom, you know, they, 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 they'll come in and they say, I want to learn the preterite, or I want to learn, you know, be really good with the subjunctive or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, like that's, that's great. And, um, you know, have you been reading, you know, or here, can I give you, offer you some resources, you know, like right. some shows to watch on Netflix. Right. Um, but in the long term, like, 
like um, I end up having students say to me things like, I feel like I'm not learning in this class. And I'm like, I know that's the magic, you know, like, and they don't, if they, if they've bought into the Duolingo style of teaching where they get constant input on how they're progressing and how they're leveling up, then yeah, this is good. My style of teaching is not going to be for them maybe because they, they, they have, they have to shift their thinking into, you know, in knowing that like, I've got them, like, I'm not going to let them down and I'm going to make sure that they learn and they acquire with ease and without stress. Right. So it's like, yeah, that, that always is fascinating to me. So it's like, I ended up, I don't know if you know, do you know Tina Harganen? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So have you had her on the podcast yet? I can. No, not yet. You should. (laughs) Yeah. She'd be a good one to have on the podcast, but, um, I, what I really uh, value about what she brings to the, the teaching world is, um, so I don't have kids saying that as much anymore because I'm using her, um, I'm using her foundations and stepping stones curriculum. Um, and so it's, it's very much like I, I state, you know, what the goal is for the day very mm-hmm. explicitly. So the kids or the, the adults, whoever I'm teaching is like, oh, okay, by the end of this class, I will feel successful if I can do that thing that she put on the board, right? Or, or you know, I put on my Zoom slide. Um, so I feel like that that's really helped. And then at the end, my like assessment ties back to that thing. Mm-hmm. And so they feel, they walk away going like, oh, wow, I accomplished something today, as opposed to, you know, feeling like I'm not learning anything, you know, and it, it's, I feel like that's really helped when I'm talking to parents and other educators, like for me to say, oh, well, I use this curriculum that is, you know, based in literacy and it still is like very low stress. It's still like, yeah, and you can, and it's, and it's adaptable. That's another thing I really like about it. But, um, I don't, I know there are so many methodologies out there, but I, I, I really value this because it's given me targets to work toward mm-hmm. um, that are that are like attainable for the learners. Right. Yeah, you, you, you're still using storytelling and comprehensible input, but yep. they, feel, they feel like they're progressing, right? Yes, yeah. You can find that feels, uncertainty, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because like some people will use that very same curriculum in a way that has like targeted vocabulary or targeted mm-hmm. grammar, right? Yeah. And I don't use it that way, but they they have to because their district says they have to. Um, but it still gives them all of the goodness of CI with and the, and they can still target if they need to. I again, like yeah. I feel bad for people that know they you know they don't want to target. Yeah. Um, no, it's not what's best, maybe, but they also feel the need to for. For this, for the sake of keeping their job, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah. Then we get into a different topic. Yeah, of course. And yeah, you you teach both kids and adults, so it's also different, I guess. And for example, in my case, the good thing is because I'm putting out content, the podcast, on videos. People who are interested in learning Spanish with me, they already know what to expect. You know, they yeah. know I'm not gonna give them grammar exercise. Yeah. So. I actually, I don't have to do any job, uh, any, any convincing work, you know, <laughs> which is, which is amazing by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. but 
also what I try to do the first time we meet online is I try to explain everything we're going to do, why we're going to do it. And even during classes, you know, like we're doing this because, you know, that's how you learn language. And, yeah. and don't worry if you can't communicate yet because that's the way it works. You know, you just pay, just look at how much you can understand as opposed to a couple of months ago. Yeah. So I try to even over communicate in that sense, you know? Yeah. So, so, they, so they know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I think that's another way of dealing with their, with the lack of certainty in that regard. Yeah, that's good. I know. And I, and I think, I feel like you're, it sounds like you're really blessed in that people are finding you because they know that's what you're good at and that's what you are going to focus on. Right. And they know, they know that that's your goal. And I think yeah. that's, I, I, I know, I wish we all had that type of freedom <laughs> to like, teach the way that we know is best right. that aligns with the research really mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah and the thing is i've put out a thousand pieces of content on why the grammar approach is 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 not going to work yeah obviously someone who's interested in that is not gonna contact me <laughs> totally totally <laughs> yeah that's cool i know and i was just thinking about um you had dr bill van, bill van patten on mm -hmm. and um some of the things I like that I've taken away from him that I think, you know, I would say even possibly align with what, you know, we're trying to do and what Dr. Benico Mason recommends and Dr. Krashen, right, is that giving students tasks, like giving them those like things they're going to do, you know, in order to progress as a learner, challenge themselves, whatever, you know, however you want to say it is like, I, I, I really, he's another person that's been very influential in my teaching. Cause it's like, he, he helps me to understand like that the immense value of those tasks and why we as learners, um, need that really, you know, and it's it going back to the Duolingo stuff. It's like, if we don't have, if we don't have those benchmarks, we kind of feel like we're lost a little bit, but it like, it sounds like you know, we're each finding our own way toward those, you know, towards showing the learners that they've got this, right? Like, mm -hmm. that's what that's what really matters. Yeah, I understand. I mean, the, yeah, absolutely. The, the thing is, technically speaking, you don't really need those tasks because the process is working anyway. That's true. That's true. Right, but I, I understand what you mean that because if you don't have those tasks, all you have to... I mean, all you have to, to rely on is patience and your faith in, in the process, right? Exactly. And I personally, when I'm learning a language, I'm totally convinced by this. So I don't yeah. need any, yeah. I mean, I, I don't look at them as tasks. What I, what I give myself is, or what, what, I, what I do is, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get exposed to this language for at least 20 minutes a day. Yeah. So I try to find resources to to continue to get exposed to the language because again I need comprehensible input is all I need and yeah. my output my ability to communicate will eventually show up as a consequence yeah. right yeah so I, I I don't need those reminders right yeah but yeah sometimes like you said and like I said uh, telling them that the process working that you know just look at how much you can understand as uh, you know uh, as opposed to a couple of months ago like i said yeah 
or things of that nature, even though it's not really from a technical standpoint, the process working anyway. <laughs> yep. But it can help you when it comes to your motivation to seeing that the process is actually working. Yeah. But I think the one thing that helps the most and, and that's still aligned with the way we understand language acquisition is looking at how much they can understand. Because that right. helps me as a language learner. Yeah. Even when I'm, I might be feeling frustra frustration because I can't communicate the way I'd like to. Yep. Once again, that's that's just my mind talking, you know. I, I'm yeah. most of the times I'm able to sort of observe that that's my mind talking, and that's that's totally fine, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but but still, you feel the frustration at times. So I, totally. I need to remind myself that it's it's going well. Yep. And and what I what I usually um, rely on is looking at the process of you know look you know right now you can understand. So with Polish, for example, I can communicate in the language, but there's a lot of room for improvement, of course. Yeah. But now I can understand series. I usually watch them with subtitles in the target language, of course, but I, I, I couldn't understand series last year. Yeah. And even though I, I of course, I like to communicate as a native speaker, if possible, right? Of course, right? <laughs> we all would. In, in my mind, you know, that my mind plays game with me. So, yep. <laughs> Oh, I like to speak like that. Yeah. But again, if if I just stop and take the time to think about, oh, wait, now I can understand that, which is extremely interesting to me as, as an adult, because right. that's that's actually what I'm what I'm uh, watching in my own native language in my free time, right? Like series, yeah. the type of content I mean. And I just couldn't understand that a year ago. Sometimes yeah. you need to just stop and think about it because you you get caught up in the frustration of not being able to communicate the way you'd like to yep and you forget i know it's such a human thing like we all just want we want this like magic thing that's going to mm. help us to speak the language the way we want and it's right. it's not that's not how it works but yeah using those benchmarks that you're talking about of like i can understand more than i could mm -hmm. last week even you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's huge that's that's the way to do it right totally yeah, and, and with, with my students, I, I remind them that you know when we first started, I, I had to use way more pictures, way more gestures, and and right now, I mean, I'm getting pretty close to the way I talk to to a native friend. Nice. Like, you can still communicate <laughs> uh, yeah. the way you'd like to again because I understand. You know, our ultimate goal is to be able to communicate in the language, and. Uh, um, you know, so I understand the frustration again, but I tell them, you know, just take take your time and think about it. You know, like a year ago, I was speaking so much, uh, so much slower, and I, I was using so many more pictures and so on. And now, yeah, like I, I'm I'm not writing things down as 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 much as I used to, yeah, because that's not necessary anymore yeah and 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 try to try try to watch things on your own try to watch documentaries uh, cartoons whatever it is at their level because that that also gives you you know the pleasure of realizing that you can understand content in a new language that's yeah. amazing oh yeah it's so cool i know i 
And I love that it's like, we, you know, as a, in, in, in this world, we all need to be a little more patient, you know, like, and realize that, that like what, you know, if we know it's going to work, we need to stick with it and, and have that patience yeah. with ourselves. That's, that's right. so true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, we're getting bombarded by, you know, videos in how to learn a language in a month, in a week, things like that. I know. Course, the traditional grammar approach being so wrong in the way um, to go about language learning. Because if, if, if you think about it, I mean, I wouldn't say from day one, but pretty early in the process, the traditional grammar approach sort of tells us, that, tells us to start communicating or to start trying to communicate, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I've talked about this many times, but I think it's important. And I think it's one of the reasons why a lot of people end up giving up because the traditional grammar approach tells you that pretty much from a very early stage, you should be able to communicate, right? Or you should try, but the process doesn't work like that. So you try to communicate, but you can't, not because there's something wrong with you because that's just not the way it works, but because you think you should be able to communicate and you can't, what's left? It has to be me, right? Like I'm not talented for languages. Um, I'm never gonna learn a language. There's something wrong with me. You know, that's, and I think that's one of the main reasons why, I mean, besides the process not working, <laughs> but that, that's the reason why a lot of people feel like they're just not good at languages or they're not talented enough. And I keep talking about talent being a non-factor here. But I know, and that's, it's, I know, I hear so many people say that, like, I'm not good at languages. And, and it's, it's interesting, because like, I like, I don't, my background in, um, like, as a student, like when I was in elementary school, mm -hmm. um, I had this really, literally traumatizing experience with a third grade teacher. And she essentially had like a good side of the class and a bad side. And every day Brilliant. I was, yeah, I either went home crying every day because I felt stupid, right? Or I um, was kept in for, from, for recess. Like I wasn't able to go out and play because mm. she wanted me to repeat math concepts over and over again. Or, um, cause I was, I'm a slow processor and, and, um, but I feel like, I feel like that, like, I have to always remember that feeling that I felt as a child, like when I couldn't communicate, when I couldn't, um, you know, communicate my needs, when I couldn't, when I, you know, when I felt shamed, when I felt um, impatient with the process and impatient with my teacher, right? Like I, that always comes up for me when I'm teaching because I want the, I want all of my students to feel empowered, but like they, we don't, you know, in our culture, we don't have this built in patience factor, like to, no. to help us get there. And it's like, it's like, but I, yeah. And it took me years to get out of that space of thinking that I was stupid. Right. Like, and so like, I don't want to ever send my students into that space, you know, like either on purpose or by mistake. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like, you're right. Like using, like encouraging them and, and letting, showing them how they are progressing and showing them like 
you know, how much progress they've made in, in the last year or month is huge. Like right. it's like, you don't, you don't ever want those kids or those, those adults for or whatever age you're working with to, to have that sense of like, I'm horrible, you know, and, and we've, we've done this like through, through forever. Like I have so many, I, and I'm wondering if you hear this a lot with, from your American clients, like, I took Spanish for this many years in high school, every right? Time, and every time, <laughs> every time, and I can't do X, Y, and Z, and therefore I'm bad in the language, or therefore, you know. And it's like, no, like, hold on, like, yeah, that's not that's not going to be your story here, you know. Like, that's mm -hmm. not going to be the story that we end with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that's that's what they feel like because they they took Spanish in high school or you know, whatever it was for five, 10, three, two, seven years, and it didn't work. And you see other people acquiring languages around you. Not that way, but that's another topic. <laughs> that's another debate. You feel like there's something wrong with you, like I said, but it's not like, because I, I repeat it again, the process already worked for every single one of us with, with our native language. So we're all capable of learning other languages, you know, at any point, but, you know. I know, and I think it's fascinating how, like, in, you know, I know at least in the US, like, we always want our students to acquire a language in high school when you're the most self-conscious anyways, like, just from being a teenager, you know, like, right, and right. then we're like, here, learn this new thing that's gonna make you feel really vulnerable like yeah i always yeah. that's why i'm pushing for like elementary languages because it's like that's the best time they're so they don't have any any fear about you know right. hopefully you know if they if they haven't been traumatized yeah. they don't have any fear of like making mistakes and mm -hmm. and stumbling into things and and speaking when they're ready they're just like Bleh, you know they, yeah. they and they take it in like sponges and yeah i remember who was I? I was reading something where they it might have been Dr. Krashen's work where he, he, yeah, he talks about that, like how, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a hundred years old, like pretty much the only thing stopping you is your own like perception of yourself as a learner, right? Like, yeah, as yeah. long as you have comprehensible input and, and lots of reading and all that good stuff. Yeah, the, the, the only difference is. If you're 20, you have that perception for 15 years. If you're 100, you have that for 80, 90 years, right? <laughs> so I guess it's it's more difficult to sort of change the script. <laughs> but the ability is there anyway. That's that's the main point. Yeah. I know, right? It's it's totally a real struggle. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Do you, I'm wondering, like, do you find in 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 any of your like? Um, Australian or um, British like students, do you find that they also have that going on in their head too? Yeah, yeah. I, I and the people I meet around me, like I love, like uh, Krakow is a very international city uh, in general. And I, I love that part of meeting people from different countries, different cultures, traveling, languages, and so on. And it's it's the same thing every in every single place in the world. Like the, the traditional grammar approach is so dominant that we all have the same idea as adults. Then for 
for whatever reason, in countries, I mean, I, I can think of several reasons, but in countries like uh, Scandinavian countries in Northern Europe, people end up acquiring the language, but I suspect it's not because of the educational system, but because they, <clears throat> they watch television all the time in, in English, or they, I mean, or, or they, they get exposed to the language uh, right away from a young age, like you said, but not because they they go about it a different way in, in language classes. Yeah, but it's, it's it's like uh, uh, I was thinking about an example before, but I forgot. Yeah, like I think you talked about um, some of the conjugations in Spanish. Like, well, first of all, sometimes people ask me about that. Not my students, because they already know I, I'm not into yeah. that. But people, you know, in language meeting that I go to, sometimes they ask me about vertences that I don't even know myself. I mean, I don't know which one is which one. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The preterito, whatever. And I'm like, yeah. which one is that? <laughs> that? That's the first thing. But the, the, the second thing and the main point is, because even as we as native speakers, we get grammar classes in, in school, we think that's what's helping us. Because again, it's, you can measure it, right? But actually what's helping you is all those books you're reading as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Your mom speak, uh, telling stories to you. Uh, you talking to other people and listening to those specific yep. structures without yep. even realizing you're listening to them. But again, yeah. because you can't really measure it, you can't really point at a specific point of in time in which you acquire that structure, right? Yep. So, yeah. I know, and that's, I, um, I think that's really fascinating too, because it's like, we we you know we we want to think you know i like when we when we we make that equation between like okay we're learning grammar in school right and that's helping me to get better right mm -hmm. in theory right i would argue mm -hmm. not always right but um like yeah because i know so many english teachers who are like i just need to teach them more grammar and they'll get it you know like they'll be better writers i'm like no they just need to read more you know like so anyway but the um but yeah, because we think we can measure it and that's where our value system is currently, right? We, you know, we want, we want to continue in that vein, but in reality, like, like if we really think about it, we don't actually start teaching elementary kids grammar until they've had like years and years and years and years and, you know, thousands upon thousands of hours of input, right? Like, yeah. And, and then they know what sounds right and what sounds wrong intuitively, right? Like they just, mm -hmm. they get it. But yeah. it's like, you can't, I, I feel like I always have to remind people that like, we don't actually start teaching grammar <laughs> in, at least in the US, like no, no, until, yeah. until kids are like eight or nine, you know, like they might yeah. introduce it a little bit in kindergarten here and there. And, but like, they don't, you know, we, they, even in kindergarten, they've had thousands upon thousands of hours of input. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we need we can't discount that you know that's huge it's it's yeah yeah that's the first thing that they've already acquired the language all of them so that's the most important thing but even then <laughs> actually i was thinking about this the other day and i don't remember one thing 
from my from my grammar classes in Spanish, my native language. One thing, and that's how to. I don't know what you call that. You know, in Spanish, some words have those marks on top of uh, vowels. Yeah. They call uh, acentos in Spanish, right? Yeah. Or tildes, both. Yeah. Um, so I, I I don't remember specific rules for that from from my language classes in my native language. Only that. That's the only thing. And that only works for you. When, first of all, when you're writing, obviously you don't say that when you're speaking. <laughs> yeah, totally. And because I have time to think about it, right? Yeah. So, right, because, um, you know, the stress in this uh, in these words, in this syllable, so I need to write that. That's the only thing I remember from, from grammar classes in my own native language. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> As you can imagine, that's not that hasn't helped me in any way when it comes to communicating, even for to ninety nine percent of writing, right? Yeah. Even if I forget that, I, I forget to write that. Everyone's gonna understand what I'm saying. It's just not gonna be perfectly correct. So if and, and you know if I if I were to write a book. <clears throat> <clears throat> I, I can even have a proof writer, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or, or even just the, <clears throat> the like automatic corrector or what it is. Yep, I know. And it's, it's funny. Yeah, that's funny that you brought that up because my, my entire time in school studying Spanish, you know, from I'd say like sixth grade through all the way through college, no one told me they had all these rules about when you put the accent where and after what vowel and what constant, right? And yeah, like they, they make sense for the most part, but there's always exceptions to the rules, right? And I was so focused on like trying to memorize the rules, mm. but like literally, literally just a few years ago, I was like, oh, you can like hear where it goes. Like, <laughs> like when I, when I speak Spanish, I can like hear that I'm saying musica, you know, as opposed mm. to like, musica it's musica you know like and and i try to stress that with my students like you can hear it like just start listening and like i i did that one day like just for fun like they were like they were asking about accents and i i um um i was showing them like i'm like i bet you can hear when like i'm gonna say the word and you tell me what letter to put it on and they did and they got it and, th and then we moved on you know like and i didn't ever talk about it the rest of the yeah. year because, you know, I don't want to. And I just wanted to prove to them that like, you're, it's in you, you can, you can hear it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like, first of all, it's not that important, like you said, but then, yeah. Um, by reading, <clears throat> you actually, you actually develop some patterns. I mean, your brain does without you even realizing. So you, yeah. you, you can start noticing them. I don't know, like, um, corazón, canción. Yep. Etc. Right. Yeah. And and then it's just I think one day I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make a list <laughs> of all the grammar verb tenses or grammar book things that native speakers have no idea about <laughs> in all the languages. Because I mean, like I said, in my case, people ask me about preterito, whatever, like verb tenses, yeah. and I don't even know which one it is. <laughs> I've asked like uh, English speaking friends about um, what's the name? phrasal verbs. 
Do you know what it is? No. <laughs> and you're a teacher, so that's that's even better. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. That's even better. That's that's perfect for my example. Like every single time, I ask my English-speaking uh, friends if they know what a phrasal verb is. I'm gonna tell you in a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> and you're a teacher, so I mean, you're a Spanish teacher, right? But so it, it, it proves my point even even farther, right? So, yeah. well, I mean, if you're interested, a phrasal verb is those verbs with um, a preposition like go on, uh, tie up, uh, you know. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. So they're called phrasal verbs. I had no Phrase. idea that that was the same. Yeah. So they, wow. pun it, they pun it in your head when you're a student. Like yeah. For, yeah, like, you know, go, go on, go about, uh, you know, all those. That's so I, interesting. People listening to this episode for not uh, <laughs> speaker know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then what another one with Polish, Polish has cases or declensions they call. Yeah. So you change the, the, the ending of certain words depending on the function, the sentence. <laughs> so I remember I used I used to ask my, my Polish friends, but why do you change the ending in this specific sentence? And they're like because it sounds right <laughs> and again or yeah another one that I, I get asked all the time why are you using the subjunctive here that's that's everyone's favorite in Spanish why oh, are you yeah. using the subjunctive and like because it sounds right <laughs> that's it <laughs> and and if if I stop to think about it I can come up with a weird rule of my own that I'm just making up on the fly after yeah. for half an hour that's all i can yeah. do <laughs> yeah right yeah i know it's it's interesting because like sometimes students randomly will ask me questions like that like why is it like this and like sometimes i can come up with something and sometimes i'm like i don't know it just sounds right you know like <laughs> so I, I know. I, i'll keep asking my international friends about their language if they know what this is or yeah but the yeah. first verb example was perfect. <laughs> yep, that is perfect. I, I knew, I knew, I knew it was gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? There's so many things in every language that we just like, we don't know, you know, the the technical terms for, you know, and, and it's not even necessary. It's like, <laughs> it's not making me a better communicator, you know, if I don't know phrasal verbs, right? Like, I think, I, I think you're doing okay with English, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but yeah, but like, I didn't know phrasal verbs, the the, the term, and I'm I'm fine, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, totally. And how about your 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 own languages as as a learner yourself? So you speak Spanish. How's your French going? Um, it's okay. Again, like I'm learning it with Duolingo. I was taking a class um, uh, online with, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name right now. She's a fantastic teacher, but it's always so hard for me to like fit in the times and I'd rather do it with her anyways, but um, oh my gosh, why can't I remember her name? I hate it when this happens, but yeah, it's. Is she uh, from France and living in the U.S. or not? No, she lives in the she lives in um, D.C. the D.C. area um, oh. in the United States. Um, but I, I always like Alice Ayel's stories. Mm -hmm. um, she has really good stories, yeah. and um, yeah, 
just really good. Absolutely. Really, really fun way to, to acquire. Right. And she speaks, she does story listening like the way Dr. Mason wants you to do uh -huh. it. You know, like she's very um, measured about it and very like um, it, it, her classes I've heard are really like um, well-designed in that, you know, she speaks slower and does simpler sentences or simpler stories at the beginning. And then you gradually move to, you know, more and more um, input over time. And yeah. input, like Benny Cole Mason says, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Cool. So, and I, I, yeah, I love those stories Dr. Mason was sharing about mm -hmm. reading, how yeah. she was like, my my students read eight books in Dr. Crash. Like, That's not enough. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was good. Are you... You're looking to learn any other language, any other language? In yeah, I, yeah, I want to learn Mandarin. Um, and I don't so many, I mean, literally all of them I want to, but yeah. it's hard to narrow it down. I'm always like, well, what would be the most, you know, useful, you know, mm -hmm. for the, for the near future. Um, but yeah, I really want to learn those two and uh, French and Mandarin and so many others gosh i don't even know i would love to learn like german or polish or you know yeah, yeah, Swedish. I mean, the, yeah. The, the, the moment you realize it's actually fun and you don't need to study you don't need to remember yeah, totally. boom blows your mind yep mm -hmm. yep yeah. yeah um do you uh what languages do you speak uh I mean, pretty much all the Latin related languages, like um, French, Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, and Catalan. I, nice. I want to learn that as well. And then English cool. and Polish. Yeah. Okay. That's and, cool. How, where would you say like your proficiency is with each one? Like, I know for me, like I'm very novice with French. <laughs> well, I can, I can communicate in all of them. That's cool. that's why I can't learn because now I'm learning German and Russian, but awesome. I, I I can understand. I mean, uh, way more than I could last year, of course. But I yeah. I, can't, I can't communicate in any any of those two. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I don't talk about them yet. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, with different levels of fluency, of course, like English being the one I can perfectly communicate in, in any situation. Yeah. But. I, I just came back from Italy, for example, on holidays, and I could perfectly communicate in, in Oh, Poland. wow. That's so cool. And here in Poland, I can communicate in Polish, like I said, with a lot of room for improvement, of course. Yeah. That's but, awesome. Yeah. That's, that, that's the toughest part, probably, like to get to a point in which you can start communicating and you can start understanding really interesting resources like series yeah. and uh, you know like books for adults and so on because at the beginning you know with storytelling you can make it way more fun obviously but again i've watched cartoons in several languages for example and again the just the feeling of being able to understand a new language yeah your own is amazing but obviously i'd rather watch a series than a cartoon <laughs> you know yeah yeah um, like uh, 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 the way I put it is, once you get to that point, it's all downhill because you can actually watch series for three hours a day if you want to. Like yeah. watching cartoons for for three hours a day, <laughs> that'd be yeah. 
that'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, right? Chris, yeah. You'll be, go back into your childhood. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Yeah. Fine. So what, if you started Mandarin tomorrow, for example, what, what would you do? What would you, oh, your gosh. first idea? Like, that one, I don't, that one is tricky for me only because I feel like it feels so different from English and Spanish and French hmm. that it's like, I, I, I would really need to be like patient with myself and find the right resources that like, I have one friend who was doing it online. He was trying to do story listening. Um, and, um, he, he was doing a fabulous job and yet I still felt like overwhelmed because I wasn't his target audience probably you know so it's like he because when you put out a YouTube video you know you don't always know who your yeah. audience is going to be right yeah. so yeah. um he did a fabulous job but I yeah anyway so he yeah, like you, you if there was more to... of that it'd be great mm -hmm. what were you going to say no, 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 in his case I mean when you put out a YouTube video you don't have the live feedback to sort of adjust right yeah yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So, and I just remembered the um the French teacher that I had before who was fabulous. Um Anna Gilker, Gilcher, I think. I'm not saying her name right probably her last name. But she's really neat and she started a business with Rochelle, I forget Rochelle's last name. But the two of them um teach online as well. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to say classes were great. Oh yeah, what's what's um, your friend's name? The Chinese teacher, Mandarin teacher. Oh gosh, I'm like I'm like forgetting all these names this morning. I'm tired. Uh, I know <laughs> No, I'll look I'll look it up. His he's um oh he's fantastic. He's someone I met at a training in Colorado, and then I think he moved to California. Uh huh. I mean, to... the, the the reason I'm asking is because I started with Mandarin like a couple of years ago, but I stopped because of the lack of resources actually yeah and there yeah. was one guy who had like nine to ten videos who were amazing but he just stopped he just stopped doing it <laughs> oh okay. what do you remember his name i remember he had a, a whiteboard and he was just drawing things and he was okay. really amazing okay I mean, for people listening to this i leave the the link down in the description yeah uh, when i find it afterwards <laughs> Yes, his name is Joseph. Joseph. Okay. So Joseph I Vincent. Yeah, he's great. Joseph um, Vincent. Yep, Joseph Vincent. Yeah. I think it's and, a different one because uh, the one I'm talking about, he was a native speaker, I believe. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know about Joseph, but it doesn't sound Mandarin. <laughs> no, no, yeah, he was living in China for many years, mm. and I forget what he was doing there, but anyway. Okay. <laughs> oh, excuse oh, me. No worries. Oh, awesome. So, perfect. So, oh, yeah, one, one last thing that you just gave me an idea at the beginning of the podcast that you talked about Tina. Oh, yeah. And I just realized this this uh, great idea that in every episode, I'm going to ask the, the guest to recommend someone. Yeah. Tina would uh, be great. So I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to her. And when I interview her, I'll ask her to recommend someone. So yeah. that, you just gave me that idea in the middle of nice. it. Awesome. 
Awesome. Yeah, she's she's definitely like her. Yeah, I don't know. I, I my my trajectory as a teacher was I was I was really into you know like doing comprehensible input from the beginning, but I didn't really like have all the words to call it like I didn't I hadn't found my community yet basically and um I was in the school where this this the the administrators were not very supportive and they wanted me to have data and they wanted me to have like a textbook and a curriculum right and I just wanted to like talk to the kids about you know whatever was interesting to them and they didn't like that and it it felt too you know nebulous for them and um Tina, like if I had had her curriculum, um, like if she had written stepping stones when I was in that school, I would, I ended up losing my job because they didn't like how unstructured it felt to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kids were learning, like they were, they learned so much, like the next Spanish teacher that they hired after me, um, she, she came in and she was like, they know so much because of you. And I was like, thank you. I needed to hear that because because it was like, again, the, the 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 admin was not supportive of comp, you know teaching the way we teach, and you know now I I like you said before like yeah tasks are not necessary right and like a lot of these things are not necessary but the learners and your your bosses like sometimes want you to like do yeah. these things to show that they're learning right and then it's like, it is sadly, I wish it, it, it wasn't enough for me to just say, well, they can understand more than they could in September, you know, like, yeah. is that good? They didn't like that. And it was, it was really frustrating for me. Cause I, cause we yeah. know what, what's right and we know what the right way to do it, but they, mm-hmm. they weren't helping me with that. So yeah. it was frustrating. Yeah. yeah excellent. I mean, we know that's actually the go to go about language acquisition. But that's yeah. exactly the opposite of what administrators want. They want like they want results. They want to be able to measure it. The, exactly. So it's yep. Anyway. Yep. Yep. All right. So yep. any other thing that's on your mind? That no, no. It's been it's been so good to chat with you this morning. I really appreciate it. My my pleasure, Kristen. Yes. And yeah, is there any website, any blog that? that you have that you want me to link to or no i i don't think so at this <laughs> i haven't been good at keeping those things up <laughs> no worries no worries <laughs> yes yes I wish I <laughs> yeah all right so beautiful beautiful background that you have in i know right i'm so lucky it's kind of chilly here in montana but yeah oh cool all right so thank you very much again thank you And um, yeah, bye-bye, Kristen. Take care. Well, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed it. And here you can subscribe because I want to help you understand that you too can learn any language when joining the process every step of the way. I'm convinced, really. And here you have another episode that I'm sure you're going to love and the entire list of episodes so far, the entire list of interviews with teachers, polyglots, researchers, and, and many more.